welcome, 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 podcast listeners. This is episode number 164 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also here with your nova host. It is Mr. Matt Wine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey. Oh, <laughs> classic, classic intro. And I promise not to forget the outro this week. We'll see how that goes. Well, yeah, I mean, anything could happen. Um, with how warm it's been, fuck me. Oh, my brain is melted. <laughs> like... Like legitimately, last night I had to like get the fan out of storage because I thought like summer's over, we can pack that away. Nope. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like horrendous. I'm I'm still wearing shorts. Like I haven't worn a pair of trousers in months. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm still wearing shorts, but it's largely owing to that the, all of my <laughs> shorts are fat bastard sizes. <laughs> all, all my trousers don't fit no more. <laughs> I've not quite got to that level yet, but yeah. Although to be fair, like I said, I haven't tried a pair of trousers in a while. There you go. You might you might have the same dilemma. <laughs> I mean, I could probably squeeze myself into one or two pairs, but it it would be very very revealing. It'd be almost like sprayed on. And <laughs> I'm at the age not- where nobody needs to see that. Yeah. I think we should probably probably do a podcast rather than <laughs> talking about the woes of middle age. Is this not is this not a, a, a like fashion podcast? No. If it, if it was, we'd be absolutely tanking in the ratings. <laughs> yeah, fair point. It'd be just like yeah, shorts again. Yep, yeah, sweet. Baden t-shirt, classic. <laughs> it's about it. <laughs> it's a, it's a classic style. I'm gonna stick with it. I mean that's why I've like pretty much worn jeans and a band t shirt since I've since I was about sixteen. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it never goes out of fashion. <laughs> well maybe it was never in fashion. It doesn't matter. As it. long as as long as it's comfortable, I don't care. Yeah, I've I've started doing doing more of that. Back when I was younger it was like, Oh, the, these these jeans look good or this this band cheat band t shirts like Tight in the right places, so it it shows it shows off a bit of my like manly physique. And now it's like fuck these fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, but speaking of speaking of fashion attire, like before, literally just before this podcast, uh, I I went for a bath because you know sweat. Um, and this is the first podcast I'm doing commando, so. That's uh, excellent. Good to know. Yeah, I mean, this information that I think you all needed to know. So, <laughs> breezing free. Let let us know in the Facebook group how many of you are listening, Commando. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an interesting tally, isn't it? I suppose. Commando Bros. <laughs> I mean, that that sounds like a podcast title already, doesn't it? That Commando. Grab a pen. Grab a pen. That's it. Right, before before we just end up doing an hour on <laughs> fashion attire, I suppose we should we should wrangle it onto something generally guitar related, shouldn't we? Um Matt. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Lovely, lovely. Be been up to much with your gigging. <laughs> I might have had a gig last week. Because, you know, 
I've always got gigs now because I live in the future or the past, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, it depends <laughs> on people wearing tracksuits because we can gauge it on that. Uh, no, I've, no, certainly at the gig, I didn't notice anybody in a tracksuit, if that helps. So you, you're in the future. There you go. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so I had a gig. Um, all went pretty well. Snapped a string because I'm an idiot. But like, it, it's the first time I think I've snapped a string from playing too hard rather than wearing the set of strings out oh, in nice. a long time. I, I, I was just... I got a little bit too invested in a solo and just was really <laughs> digging in and forgot that there were nines on my Les Paul because I'd run out of tens last time I brung it. Shit, man. And, and yeah, just snapped the high E. Okay, so, I mean, as far as, like, string snaps go, that's not the worst. Like, on a fixed bridge, yeah. the high E, you can get away with that here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was literally... I, I, it, it was... It was something bluesy, so I was mainly doing solos anyway, so it didn't really matter. It just meant I had one less string to deal with, but you just move a little bit further up the neck, don't you? I see. I mean, if you've got one less string to, to deal with, it it just, eh, you, like, so what? I can't quite hit that high note, but <laughs> uh, pentatonic will serve me well. Yeah. So yeah, other than snapping a string, it was just a, a fairly normal gig. Really enjoyed myself. Um lots of just yeah because it's it's with the second band and it's just lots of playing solos lots of just going out and enjoying myself had a nightmare with one song in particular i can't even remember what song it was but i basically forgot the entire chord structure (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah so that went incredibly badly but other than that everything else seemed to go all right the sound on stage was a little bit iffy but apparently sound out front was fine so that's the main thing. It's 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 always, I mean, it's it's a relief when that happens because you, you're listening to it on stage and you're like, oh fuck this, this is cranky as shit, like, and you're just gritting your teeth through the through the songs. Yeah, and then like you talk to people after the gig and they're like, yeah, no, sound was wicked. Could hear every note, and you're like, fuck, like, yeah, okay, <laughs> at least you got something out of it. Yeah, well, it, it was one of those where like. Uh, it was very small stage for the venue, all kind of crammed in to the point where I'd had to turn my box quite the way down. And it was like, because I was standing so close to it, I just couldn't hear it at all. So we had to mic it up and send it through the um, yeah, yeah. fallback um, monitors. And for like four songs, I couldn't hear it. Then when the guy turned up in the monitors, he turned far too high to the point where I, I could only hear me. So then had to like try and get it to come down a little bit. But yeah, we got there in the end and it was it was a good gig. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm, I would have been tempted to, to do some uh, some physical um, maintenance on that foldback monitor. Like just try wedge stuff on it so that it's muffling the sound for you. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, luckily there was a, a sound guy there who just wave at and yeah. point at yourself and go down or whatever. Sound guy so. who's a sound guy. <laughs> Very much so. Because yeah, so sometimes they're not. Uh no, I get on with this guy. Lovely, lovely. Oh, like snapping a string at a, a gig is—it's um, 
It's, it's, I've not snapped a string in a long time, if I'm honest. Uh, I mean, I, I do it fairly regularly, but more more often than not, it's like an yes. A string or a D string because I've like because I wear use the coat. I nearly said wear coated Elixirs then because <laughs> we were talking about fashion earlier. Because <laughs> I use the the coated Elixir ones, I can't tell that the string's about to break at the bridge because it's been played for four months or whatever, and it just kind of goes halfway through a gig, and then you just gotta oh, drop that guitar out and get a new one. So that's and that's all I did. I just I put down my Les Paul, which was a little bit saddening, and then I picked up my um my vintage Les Paul with the P90s in to finish the set off. Way, because it was t- the next guitar to hand. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's slightly different sound, obviously, with the P90s, but it yeah, still sounds great. Yeah, I mean Lee was talking about um the Fletcher set that he had in his um. His weird, weird SG copy. Like <laughs> uh, he's got, he said he had like nylon saddles on it or something. It's like wow, that's. It's, I mean, because the the only guitar that I've played with uh, nylon saddles has been like a really fucking expensive uh, three three five where they've tried to. I think it was like True Historic or something where they've yeah. Um, like we've tried to recreate it down to the shit saddles, uh, and <laughs> to be fair, it played and sounded beautiful. But you know that within like six months, you'd be going back and saying, "I need a set of saddles, please." Yeah, because like they're essentially <laughs> made out of paper mache. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was a really nice guitar. That was. Um, I'm I'm glad I didn't leave with it because I'd I'd been crippling debt, but. Like, it's it's in the back of my mind. Always there. Always in the back of your mind. You want to go back for it sometimes. Once once you win the Euro Millions that you don't enter. Yeah, that's it. I'm just hoping that the... I mean, I've I've got a few few exciting prospects through uh, through my junk mail folder about uh, Ugandan princes that want to leave me millions so excellent yeah just get in touch with one of them and ask them to wire it over to you yeah fingers crossed i mean i do have to send them like 100 pounds worth of amazon gift cards first but that seems legit like all banks work in uh, amazon (laughs) gift cards don't they absolutely uh yeah can't see anything (laughs) going wrong there i'm gonna be riding that sweet sweet ugandan dollar train (laughs) how did we get here I ask myself that every day, just like, <laughs> where am I? What's going on? I think I might be going senile. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I did a gig. I snapped a string. Um, it was a good fun gig. I've got more gigs coming up, but nobody wants to hear about that. I mean, <laughs> we've not had any complaints yet, so... Um... I'm actually surprised, but yeah. Um, yeah, we can also gather inside and outside in groups of more than six without shooting anything as well. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, the UK is a funny place, isn't it? It's a real funny, funny fucking place. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I'd just get that jibe in there. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you can go to work where there's potentially hundreds of people. Yeah. But, like, when you get home, don't don't visit... Don't visit your family, because they, they're the ones that spread it. You know, I... Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah, and but, don't forget, your kids can go to school all week with the same group of kids, but they cannot go to the park with those kids at the weekend. Yeah, oh yeah, that that would be ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like you can you can't organise like form group bubbles outside of <laughs> outside of school. Go for like a little play date. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like day in day out. Yeah, sweet. Like in in the corridors in school, they can. They can walk past like three of a year groups on the way to a lesson. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah, all fine. Uh, but no, it it must be a difficult thing to try and organise this whole lockdown lark. But like the hypocrisy of like, oh yeah, six people can't gather, but if you're hunting animals, oh, then thirty's uh, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, completely. You don't yeah, have to disinfect it, your dog either. I suppose, like, in other news, the Isle of Man is no longer COVID-free. I mean, we can call ourselves COVID-free because we've had no local transmission, but we've now got three cases on Ireland. Oh, so, shit, mate. That's... Because you had one Yeah, last time that we like, spoke. Yeah, that was about eight or nine days ago, I think, the first one. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there was two more announced yesterday, and it's all because... We've started allowing people, rather than just isolating for 14 days, you can now apply for a test after seven. Oh. So it looks like people coming back to the island who are isolating, like, yes. if they're applying for the tests, we're now finding that actually some of them do have cases, but but by the time the 14 days is up, they're clear, they're going back into society, and it's not really changing anything. <laughs> so so it's working out fine. Yeah, so basically, if if you force people to quarantine for 14 days... You can probably have a semi-open border, which is kind of the stage we're at at the moment. And now that we're finding these cases, there's like we were on track for moving at some point to the next stage. And they've just said, whilst we keep seeing cases like this, probably not going to move. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you can go and do gigs, um, that's that's a win. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And like, if as long as these people who are coming back, most of them are flying back from either the UK or like somewhere fairly near. I mean, there might be people flying in from like further reaches, but as long as these people are isolating, we can continue to just the rest of us go on as normal. And once they come out of their isolation, they can go on as normal. Yeah. it It's just, if, if we start letting people just come back and do whatever they want, we're probably going to see it start spreading over here again. So we just don't want that. So if we want to keep things like being able to gig and being able to like, it's see, just live see family life. members and oh man yeah <laughs> I remember that 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 was nice that was <laughs> seeing people well seeing people who I don't work with <laughs> oh they're lovely enough they are lovely enough but you know hey ho um suppose I should probably talk about some guitar stuff shouldn't I yep um uh, I don't know what time we started as well. I can't really see our time. Oh, we've done about probably about ten minutes by the looks of it. Oh, sand, sand. Um, right. So what have I done this week? Uh, in fact, two two weeks ago, if you're listening to this on the Monday, uh, I did a no talk all tone on one of my um one of my favourite budget pedals. Kind of one of the one of the ones that got this whole budget pedal chat thing started which is the joyo analog delay um however 
Uh, I mean, the, the video was was fine. Um, by my own admission, probably not one of my greatest videos. Uh, are largely owing to the fact that uh, I had to completely rejig my uh, recording setup, and it took about two hours to try it because it was this horrible, like static sound within my chain somewhere, and I was just. I was I was like using different power supplies, using different cables, like unplugging one pedal at a time to make sure it weren't that, and then like, I just couldn't get it working. And then I ended up, uh, like with some odd convoluted thing running a preamp, like an external preamp into the effects loop of the stomp, and then it solved the problem. Uh, but that was like two hours in. By that point, I was just like, I want this over with now. Uh, so, um, like, the the musicality behind the uh, the the demo wasn't wasn't the greatest. But I mean, it was it was passable. It, there weren't any glaring errors. Um, but like the 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 guitar pedal itself got loads of praise. Loads of people loving it. Um, but I did get pulled up by one of one of my viewers, uh, saying, um, "I don't think the analog delay is as analog as you think it is." Um, so I, okay, I've, I I always just assumed, because um, I assumed they used the same color color coding system that Moore do, where like orange, uh, sorry, like red LED is true analog signal path, and then blue LED is um, digital, they don't use that system at all. They really don't. Um, so I did a little bit of research, and I was tempted to actually take the back off it myself, but um, Google's a lot easier than that. So um, <laughs> I, I just I searched it up on Google, um, and there was a, a bunch of uh, bunch of pictures of the the back um, of the 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 analog delay taken off, um, and there's there's a large like sixteen pin uh chip which looks kind of like what you'd expect a bucket brigade delay to have so the the kind of chip you'd expect in an analog delay. So I was like, yeah that's cool, that's cool. Uh but then there was like a massive big square like uh programmable chip. What what looks like anyway. Um I've got to a point where I can kind of diagnose what uh an analog circuit is like if it's going to be fuzz flavored or if it's going to be overdrive flavored or, or whatnot um i can kind of do that um with just like hazarding i guess based on what i've seen before um delays are much much more complicated than that so like i'm just picking apart the bits that i think i can see uh so i think i think what's in it is like a programmable controller which would suggest that there are digital elements to it. Yeah. Um, which I, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because uh, I thought it was this like beautiful paragon of cheap analog goodness. Um, and then it's just not quite. Um, so, however, the, um, the Moore Anna Echo definitely, definitely is. So like the, that's that's a that's an analog delay. Uh, there you go. 
But so you can get them cheap. Yeah, yeah. Not all of the ones that are cheap that say they're analog are maybe as analog as you thought they were. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's the um, the I assume it's American spelling of analog as well. It doesn't have the ooey at the end. Um, yeah. So maybe that's how they got around it. The analog's not quite correct. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I still stand by it. I still stand by the the Joyo uh, Joyo analog delay. I think it's a great sounding delay, and it does do all that wibbliness that um, that your standard analog delays do. Yeah, the self oscillating thing. Yeah, and like the the crapping out when you wibble the time knob. Um, yeah. So even though it's not like analog delay in body, it's analog delay in spirit. Um, <laughs> getting all like fucking hippie about it. Um, but yeah, so that that was like my last last week's one, and the one that will will have been out two days ago, which hasn't released yet for us because we're recording on like. Wednesday the first of the I don't know what day is. <laughs> the sixteenth. Sixteenth, there you go. So we're recording on the sixteenth and this will be out on like the twenty first? Twentieth? Twenty first, something like that. Twenty first is the Monday. There you go. So this will be out on the twenty first. So on the nineteenth. Eighteenth is the eight, Friday. Eighteenth on the eighteenth um will be uh, a video. That surprised me, really surprised me, because I didn't know I had this pedal. Uh, but doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of rooting around um, at my mum's house, um, which is where I dumped a load a load of stuff uh, when I moved out, um, was like a bunch of the old, like really really old, crappy plastic Behringer pedals. Um, and the two that I fished out were the tube overdrive spoilers. It's nothing to do with tubes, uh, and it, the it's supposed to sound like a tube. Mm, if you supposed squint, to, yeah, if you squint to. your ears, yeah, possibly. Um, so like tonally, quite similar to an SD one. It it could possibly like the topology could be could be very similar to an SD one. I've not really done a lot of research, if I'm honest. Um, but then I also had the ultra metal, which it it can only be one thing, um, and that thing is the metal zone. Um, so this week's no talk or tone is the Behringer tube overdrive because I've got I've got a type. Uh, and I'm sticking to it, even if it is like the 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 Behringer equivalent, like low gain bluesy overdrive is definitely my thing. Um, and the the ultra metal doesn't quite work. Um, <laughs> it lives lives fully up to its name and doesn't have a clean channel. Uh, so if I can figure that one out, if I can figure out how to get that so that it does actually switch off, um, I'll. I will do a demo on that as well. Um, but at the moment, it's a no-go. Um, but the uh, the tube overdrive, uh, decent, 
ish, decent ish, um, low grain bluesy overdrive. It's a little bit noisy, actually, if I'm honest. Um, but absolutely fantastic at pushing a driven signal. Like, really, really good. Um, I spent more time doing that than I should have in the demo. Uh, considering it's a three-knob overdrive, the demo should be about six minutes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's in the region of nine. Um, and I rip in harmonics left, right, and centre. It it makes me feel like I'm, uh, like seventeen. Just bought a guitar with a humbucker and just like, yeah, I've learned how to pinch harmonic. This needs to be in everything. Uh, so absolutely, it does. So I I do apologise for that. I, um, in fact, no, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna stand by my convictions. It's yeah. Um, it was fun, and I will do it again. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. They still feel like you'd put them through if you stamp on them. Um, I don't think there's any getting around that. Uh, <laughs> and annoyingly, I used to use the Boss BCB60, um, which had like little foam um, foam cutouts that you could slot Boss pedals into perfectly. Um, and I think the Behringer pedals were a just dimensionally a bit wider so they wouldn't fit quite in <laughs> so I had a, an untidy pedal board because of that well maybe it was my um, maybe it was the Digitex actually that were I mean I could have cut the cut the foam out to be a little bit wider but um, sounds like a lot of effort it does doesn't it it's, it sounds a lot more effort than just kind of wedging it in kind of sideways uh, and having it overhang a little bit. Uh, so yeah, that that was my my earliest pedal board. That was like a, <laughs> a Boss BCB sixty with um, Behringer and Boss pedals in. Um, <laughs> it was just so fucking nineties, so so nineties. Yeah. Um, but it it done me done me a solid. Um, so. Yeah, I can't can't matter that. Uh, what else have I done this week, or am going to do this week? Uh, I'll not prattle on for too much longer because we've got actual news to do today. Uh, but I am releasing a new series on YouTube, um, all based around plectrums. Because I was talking uh, talking to you last time about like I just had a delivery or I'd just paid for a delivery yep. of uh, plectrums. Then I, t- I showed on the live stream some of these plectrums. Um, and it inspired me to do a video series on the big, big, chunky, 8mm thick uh, Toga one. It's like a uh, nut, um, nut ivory, I think is what it, it's referred to. What the fuck is nut ivory? So it's like, it's, Essentially, like a synthesized um, ivory, but it's it's made out of nut proteins. Okay, so it's supposed to simulate the look of ivory, but it's made out of nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we were mentioning this in our earlier days, we would have been all upon that. <laughs> we would not have let that go. 
I think well, we might yeah. we might be maturing, Matt, I think. I mean, like, when you first said nut ivory, the first thing I thought was it's made of elephant jizz, so... Well, there you go. Hey, that is, that's classic, <laughs> classic fret talk. Uh, yeah, so the elephant jizz plectrum. <laughs> uh, I, I, apo- what... yeah, I apologise profusely to Trident's plectrums here. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they should be apologising to the elephant. I don't think they should. Like, they've... <laughs> done that elephant a service. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, so that that chunky boy gets a uh, gets a running, um, and I I I might be releasing the video series today. If not, it'll be in the next couple of days. Um, so basically, what you get with this this video series. It's really hard to demo plectrums. I did. I did notice because plectrums are really quite subtle. Um, but I gave it a go, and you're gonna have to let me he- know how I did. Surely, uh, with plectrums, like you've got to have a bit of gain there. No, they, I have, d- they have to be usable gain, so that like, I assume the more you dig in, the more you can change the tone with the bigger plectrums, maybe. So, I mean, the, the the differences that I found, almost kind of the complete opposite of what you were doing at your gig, where you were like really <laughs> into the in, into the string so much so that the string says I can take no more. Um, with with the thicker plectrum, because there's more mass behind it, you don't have to pick as hard to get a um a heavy response. So even though it it looks unwieldy. Actually, you can be a lot more. Uh, you can have a lot more finesse with it, and still get that dynamic range, which I thought was really cool. And the shape of the Trident's plectrums, because it's, it's, it's not a shape that I can describe. If I'm honest, you just need to go over to uh, Instagram at Trident's Guitars uh, and look at them. Um, they've essentially got two points. One is the plectrum point, and the other one. Uh, kind of sits underneath where your thumb is for you for you picking. To kind of, look, it's another point of contact, so you've got more more of a feeling of control under it. Uh, I I really like that um that pick design. Um, and there's there's a bunch within the uh the like the little care package that I've uh had that I'm thinking they might end up being. Uh, being the default setting for my picks, because for the longest time it's just been, yeah, I'll pick up a Jazz Three, um, and it's either been, I'll pick up, oh, I'll go for my Altex Jazz Three today, or I'll go for uh, like the Black Nylon one, or it, it changed from that to just, oh, I've got, I've got the red one available, it's on my desk, I'll just use it, um, so it's making me think a little bit more about picks, um, which. Is not the most exciting topic, um, but it it's like it's part of the part of the the bigger picture. It's part of the uh, all of the parts that make up that whole of the the sound. Uh, so I I used it on a clean channel, um, and I I compared it to a jazz three because everyone knows what a jazz three sounds roughly like. Yeah. Um, and I used a clean channel, um. 
for what you were saying, actually, so that I, I could demonstrate the, the dynamic response of, of digging in. Because um, I figured the less compression I've got on it, less drive, the less compression, and the less compression it then speaks more about the the overall um the, the tonality the tonal qualities of of the pick rather than the rig yeah. um but again like if if you think that's something that like if you want me to do another comparison of the same pick but with a bit of drive on absolutely i'll do that well, I mean, like the way i was going to assume that you'd do it was either have a pedal or an amp that reacts quite well to a light or a heavy touch. So obviously, like, pedals that, that kind of wind back. So you don't want anything, like, stupidly high gain, like a fuzz or, like, a, a distortion. But in my mind, it would be a, a drive and, like, you could demonstrate the difference between, like, light picking and heavy picking and sort of almost cleaning your signal up with the way that you play rather than with a volume control. I'm liking that, actually. I'm liking that as an idea. And... You you mentioning that it just makes me think of the um the hot toddy because that would be a perfect one because it's like Timmy inspired yeah um like really really quite open really quite transparent um and it does exactly that it, it's really uh really dynamic to the um the the pick response so that might be that might happen with the next one um. Because I've got a shed load of picks to go through, but I won't. Yeah. I won't just do like week after week of Trident stuff. I've got some Timber Tones. I've got some Gravity picks. I've got uh, Howling Monkey. I've got. I've got a fair few, uh, and I might even do some uh, some standard ones. Like, oh, here's a Jazz Three, but then here's like a, a Tortex version of the Jazz Three. Yep. Um, just to kind of. Get people's opinions on it. Get people talking and thinking about the about picks. And I'll uh, I'll point point people. If you want actually any any science behind it, go to John Tron. <laughs> go to uh, Mister John Tron Davidson of Heavy Repping because like he he gets super super deep into it. Um, and he's he's such a uh like an enigmatic and uh enthusiastic chap about it it makes you want to know more yeah so like i i cite him as a as a reason as to why i've gone on this journey myself because i was inspired by him uh so big shout out to jantra um but we've got some we've got some not only news which we haven't had for about fucking two months, really. Uh, but we've got we've got a return of the news discussion, which it's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. Right, first first bit of news discussion. Um, Billy Eilish signature ukulele by Fender. You've heard of this, haven't you, Matt? have as in, as in you mentioned it to me about an hour and a half ago yeah an hour ago or whenever it was yeah um i mean it, it it was something that cropped up on a few um a few places i mean it was it disappointed me that there was there were some places like kind of taking the piss out of it a bit 
Uh, I was like, that's not really fair. Um, but I mean, signature ukuleles is not a sentence that inspires a lot of enthusiasm. I mean, I I genuinely can't think of any other signature ukuleles. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's other ones out there. Oh I've yeah, never yeah. looked at them. I mean, the most excited that a guitar player would be about a ukulele is possibly when they brought out that uh, Fender Tele ukulele. Yeah. Um, but even then, even then we were we were trying, weren't we? We had to try. We were mocking it. Let's face <laughs> it, we were mocking it. Yeah, but we'll do better this time. Um, we'll, we might mock it because it's just a ukulele, but not because it's Billie Eilish signature. Um like in terms of spec, though, um, as far as I know, like what a good spec for a ukulele is, this seems pretty good. Uh, so it's got a Fishman uh, cooler preamp. Um, okay. Well, I've heard of Fishman, and they're you know not a cheap brand. So there you go. Yeah, I mean there's, that's there's a... that's that was my gauge for it as well. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they make pickups, and their pickups are being cited as good. Uh, so it's got an inbuilt tuner and a, a three-band EQ as well. So, like with acoustic guitars, that tends to come on good models. Yeah, better quality models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so far so good. Um, Sapale yeah. body, which is like an African mahogany variant. Which again, okay. mahogany okay. is a thing, and I'm pretty sure I've heard Sapale. Uh, being synonymous with ukuleles, so yeah, cool. I'm pretty sure they use it for acoustic guitars as well. I've definitely heard of it. There you go. So, like, two things that we think we might have heard of. This is it's getting good. Uh, right, this is where we fall down a little bit. Um, the blosh, blosh symbol, which is something to do with Billie Eilish. It's a pattern. Um, it looks a bit. Um, I can't think of what pattern, but like a fashion brand pattern. Um, okay, it's not um uh, not Burberry, but there's a there's a certain like fashion brand that's got that kind of pattern, isn't there? Sure, I don't know what the pattern is. I'm just trying to have a look. It's like the title of it or anything. Possibly, possibly it's not. no. Oh, um, right, okay. <laughs> that's it. Oh, oh my, my Billy Eilish playlist has accidentally sprung oh, over. Oh no! <laughs> um, I I can't say that I've I've listened to an entire Billy Eilish song yet. Uh, nope, it's I can't say that I have either. But I, I might have listened to the the Bond theme. I might I might have. Did she do a Bond theme? Oh, has she done the Bond theme for the film that didn't come out? It's the, yeah, the new one, the one that's coming out. Yeah, it's coming out around Christmas, I think. Um, but yeah, so, um, so it's got it's got a like a Billie Eilish themed pattern, I believe. Um, the bridge on it apparently doesn't require you to do that stupid like fisherman's knot to get the strings to seat, which is great. Okay, so is is it like a an acoustic guitar bridge in that you've got pegs in it or something? I assume. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't do any research from like into how it actually does it, but what I'm imagining is it's like a Floyd Rose locking system, 
you've got oh, right, okay. Alan Keys to, to lock the string in. It probably won't be, but <laughs> um, let's let's say that it's this uh, this ukulele's got a Floyd Rose locking bridge, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But like in terms of spec, if you were looking for a, te- uh, a tele, if you were looking for a ukulele, like if you had to play, I don't know, say for example the premium uh, Isle of Man. Uh, Mumford and Sons um, tribute act said, "Matt, we really want you, um, but you've got to learn some ukulele for this." Like those are the kind of things you'd be looking for to be impressed by the spec, right? Yeah, I mean, like it does sound, bad, like I'm not going to say like overly impressive, but like you've got a pickup in there, you've got a tuner in there, so like for anybody who's coming into this like they like Billie Eilish and they want to be able to play the ukulele it's got all the basics there for you to be able to make sure you're in tune so that you can actually like have a go at like um learning the instrument and then for anybody that's the, the level above it's got a pickup in it so you're going to be able to plug it into something and make it go louder than just the ukulele will yeah ukuleles are not loud uh yeah. They also suffer from the fact that they're such a short scale. If the ukulele is not particularly well put together, they sound out of tune, even if they are in tune. Um, I imagine a Fender ukulele will be good in terms of the intonation and the. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll have to have done like they'll have to be a usable instrument, otherwise. A, I don't think Billie Eilish would put a name to it, but also B, I don't think Fender would would release an instrument that they wouldn't be happy with with a Fender logo on it. They'd probably be Squire if they were cheap and nasty. Yeah, yeah. I I think they've they've even done damage control with the Squire um, brand. Yeah, because they they've been knocking it out of the park with the uh, like the vintage modified and the um, the classic five. Everything's just amalgamated into a classic vibe now, I think. But oh, they've got the oh fuck, what's it called? Like the modern, not the modern player, because that's um, that was Fender. Yeah, it's I I know the one you mean the the blue telly and strat with the active pickups. Yeah, they're the ones. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, modern something. Yeah, or it's, something modern. Yeah. So yeah. The the Squire Something Modern series, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean they've they've done very well. But yes, the, the fact that it's a Fender, but also the fact that it's a Fender means that it's it's not a fifty quid ukulele as well. It is it is somewhat more than that. It is two hundred and twenty-seven. Yeah. Um, but for a legitimate instrument with, uh, like we say, a, a like a branded, uh, pickup, uh, in it or like microphone or whatever, however it does it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> woods that aren't just made of wood. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent real wood. Um, yeah. It, so it's, it, it seems legit. And like we've said, it, it might be the first, like it might be the instrument that is picked up first by a bunch of budding uh, musicians more likely to be female, like uh, aspirational 
which I think I'm I think I'm cool with. Um, uh, and the the hints at there being a, a ukulele might also mean that down the line comes the Billie Eilish or the Phineas signature Telecaster. And to bring another Telecaster into this world can only be a good thing. Yeah, and it, like at the end of the day, neither of us are really Billie Eilish's market, but like the people people who are listening to Billie Eilish, if they see that she's got a signature one of these, or they they decide that they want to like have a go at being a musician, it might be a gateway into actually becoming a musician rather than buying a Mac and learning to program GarageBand, <laughs> which seems to be the way that modern musicians end up entering the music world. I mean, we are we we're veering towards old man shouts at Claire here. We are a little bit, but like it, it's nice that it's it's something a little bit different than yeah. Just yeah, like th- there there is a, an instrument for this new art. I, I mean, I don't even think we can call her a new artist. She's probably been around like two or three years, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, we're saying oh for this new artist, and uh, there's just. Kids rolling their eyes, is going. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Grandad. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Jesus okay. Yeah, she had an album in twenty seventeen. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that is as modern as we get, isn't it? That. Um. Yeah. So. Here, here's the discussion side of the news discussion. We've got three kind of discussion points here. Do we give a shit? Um. Is is the um, the million dollar question here? Is it? Yeah, like, from a personal point of view, I don't like the sound of ukuleles, so I don't. But if it does lead to something bigger, or if it does encourage young people to learn an instrument and go from there, and I, I can't see it being a bad thing. Yeah, right on. I mean, I see it very much as the... Like, this couple of years version of the Ed Sheeran uh, Mini Martin thing that he brought out. Yeah, the LX1 or whatever it was called. Yeah, um, so I'm cool with that. I, I, I'm I'm pro this. Again, I'm not going to buy one. Um, like, even if I was in the market for a ukulele and I had that money to spend on it, I probably still wouldn't because, again, like, stop trying to be down with a kid's granddad. But yeah, I I am going to begrudge no one for wanting one of these. So I'm done with that. Um, Next question Billie Eilish. (laughs) Opinions? Like I said, I don't. I I think we're probably the worst people to ask because I I, I certainly haven't listened to one of her songs all the way through. (laughs) That's that's why I'm asking. (laughs) She she was part of that that meme of the like the like the first thing that I'd ever seen of her was she was sat in a toy car going down the street and people were just memeing different songs over the top of it. Yeah, and like since then, like obviously, I've she's she's a fairly big artist. Like she's got. Billions and billions of listens on, on Spotify and stuff, and it's just I I don't listen to modern music. Like I I had this discussion with somebody at work who was trying to tell me that there's great pop music out there, 
Um, and I was just like, <laughs> if it was great pop music, then I'm pretty sure I would have heard it at some point. Yeah. Whereas, like, you you name all of the tracks in the top 20 at the moment, and unless it's been in the news because of controversy, I probably haven't heard it. Yeah, I think, like, the we were talking a little bit before the cast, actually. Like, the, the, the most notorious song of the past, like, couple of months has been this WAP uh, thing from Cardi B, and I've... Yeah. I wouldn't be able to pick it out of a lineup. Um, like the last, last bastions of good pop that I, uh, like found myself kind of gravitated towards were like, uh, James Bay a- about five years ago, like that entire album, the uh, between the calm and the chaos or something like that. Um, that was a fantastic album, and uh, at the, a similar time. Uh, that Take Me to Church by Hosier uh, had okay, come out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, these are legit songs. And then before that, it was like, uh, I bought uh, like Aloe Black. And that was, we're talking like 10 years ago now. Uh, but like, uh, and like Amy Winehouse as well. I absolutely adored Amy Winehouse. Uh, yeah, but that's going back like 15 years at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's still like, I'm still considering this like semi relevant uh <laughs> and like dead for 10 years that's it yeah and like adele as well like she she that that's yeah, got I mean, some of that's fairly recent isn't it yeah and like like adele you say that that's got to be about five years ago mate like yeah <laughs> i mean her last album was like 25 she's probably about 40 now <laughs> um so i so. think she is but yes yeah, probably yeah, and the next one's probably going to be thirty, isn't it? And that's just going to make me feel old. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Shit, man, we old. <laughs> um, but yeah, like swinging it back onto the um, the the point, Billie Eilish. I think, like generally speaking, um, even though I'm not a fan of her music because I've not really given it a chance, um. I've heard a few things actually, like a few things that people have posted on Facebook. Um, there was one, um, like it's called it's called something like the the desk sessions or something like that, where like artists go into this little weird little studio and like play acoustic sets behind a desk. Um, and during lockdown, her and Phineas did like a little home edition desk session uh and they were absolutely belting out some just wick- i don't even know what what it was if it was like stripped back acoustic versions of her songs or if it was like old oldie jazz stuff it was wicked like she's got an absolutely banging voice and uh they are both pretty pretty decent musicians so like I think if that's if that's now going to be like the aspiration for the new generation, I'm happy with that. Um, so uh, but yeah, I I will plead ignorance. I don't really know a great deal about Billie Eilish, and if I'm honest, I probably won't. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and then yeah. Our, our final news discussion on this, um, which kind of. 
kind of ties in. Um, female signature instruments. What's, yeah. What's the best one? Uh, I, I I really struggle to answer this. I know we 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 talked about a load before the podcast because I said, "Well, I can name two, and one of them's an acoustic guitar." So, like the the two that like the two yeah that instantly sprung to mind that sprung to mind was one of them was the Taylor Swift. I'm not sure if it's a baby Taylor or it's the model up from the baby Taylor, but she has a like a small bodied Taylor acoustic guitar. Yeah, and the other one was Nita Strauss, and I can't, I can't even remember what the name of the the, uh, the Siva. Siva, that's it. Um, and those were the two instruments I could think of, and obviously I'd go for the Siva because it's a an electric guitar as opposed to an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty well kitted electric guitar as well. Yeah, was it? Am I remembering right that it's an S series? Yeah, yeah. It's very, very heavily inspired by the S series. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not quite aimed at me, but it's certainly not a cheap instrument. It's going to be. A, it, it. I like the look of it. Like it's a very weird finish, but I, I quite like the finish on it. Is it like Nebula Burst or something like that? Oh, no, that was. It's like no, a, it, it's like flame, but. Like green, grey, and like a very dark green, grey, and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very kind of modern. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, uh, be surprised if you saw it on like a mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember the one. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had her own signature Damasio pickups. Yes. Which were, I think, just called the Siva pickups. Um. So, in terms of like. Signature models that that was on par with stuff like uh like Paul Gilbert and Steve Vai and Joe Satch. They've yeah. all they've all got stuff that is that spec, haven't they? Like Ibanez model guitar, uh, Demasio pickups. So yeah, yeah, all all the all the trimmings, Floyd Rose, Locking Knots, yeah, all, yeah. all that stuff. Nothing, yeah, nothing cheap to it, which is good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I managed to rattle off a few more because we've, uh, we've reported on, on some. I mean, the the Saint Vincent was one like a, an absolutely glaring omission, which yeah, it like, we you, mentioned you it like as one of right. yeah one of the last ones that I mentioned, and it was like, <laughs> how the fuck did we not remember that? Um, yeah, but like the Lizzie Hale um, Explorer, and I think that was that was an Epiphone, not a Gibson. Although they might have done a Gibson. I remember either way. I remember us talking about it when it came out like two and a half years ago. Yeah, and again, like Lizzie Hale, I I know of. Uh, I know, in fact, I probably know more Billie Eilish than I do of um, Hailstorm. Is it? It's either Hailstorm or Hailstrom, and I can't remember. Uh, I, like, I always get it the wrong way around. It's ha- it's it's Hailstrom. It's definitely Hailstrom because. Uh, Ailstorm are like a pirate metal band. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, who else did we mention? We mentioned uh, <laughs> Avril's Telly. Avril's Telly, yeah. Uh, again, a squire. Um, and it Don't, was like I actually think that Telly looked fucking incredible. I love the like the the cross patterned scratch plate and the fact that it was just a humbucker and you just. It was it it was exactly what it said on the tin. It was one of those kind of raucous punk rock machines. Yeah, it was it was no nonsense, weren't it? Um, but it was done at a, at a price point. 
it, it to be fair, it was a probably probably a similar price point to the Billie Eilish yeah. um, ukulele, but obviously being a full size guitar, very they, different. Yeah, build they quality. They cheaped out. Yeah. Um, in fact, I I know someone who's got still got a um an Avril Lavigne tele. Um, he plays it unabashedly, does not give two shits that it's an Avril tele and. It's pretty banging, like. But yeah, I can imagine, like, yeah. Um, who else did we mention? There was the, the Gibson one, and I'm think it's. I've got Pat Benatar in my head, but it's not Pat Benatar. Hit me with your pet shark. Um. Uh, Joan Jet, Joan Jet and the Black Hearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, her signature, which was like Joan. a weird. Signature in the nineties was it like a, a melody maker or yes I think it was a melody maker that had been like converted into being a... into a Les Paul Junior basically yeah. or like yeah. a, a flat top Les Paul as opposed to an arch top yeah 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 um and I know the the guitar nerd boys uh, Mark Packham especially uh, raves about that guitar and about how he will one day one day he will track down one of those um. I- I'm pretty sure Joe from Hello Sailor has mentioned that as either, like, I'm pretty sure he did an interview on a podcast, and I can't even remember what the podcast was, and either the other people on the podcast were talking about that guitar, or Joe was talking about that guitar. It was the um, guitar knobs, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Yeah, they mentioned, like, what what his ideal signature would be or something, or... There's an island guitar or something like that, yeah. Um, and he did he mentioned that, and it and his uh, like sixty one. Um, is that a melody maker or is that? I I can't. It, it's 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 either the other way round where it was a Les Paul that's been turned into a melody maker, or it's the same way and it's a melody yeah. maker that's been turned into a Les Paul. Yeah, and he's it's it's come very close to being. Uh, Joan Jetty, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, absolutely, just awesome. Um. Uh, yeah. So I mean, th- there's a fair few signatures for your money. Which is the best? Um. I th- I think which is the best. I it's probably going to be the Nita Strauss model. Like it's not something that I would pick personally. I think if it was me, I'd pick the Avril Telly. I'd chop the pickup out. Probably chop all of the wiring out. And just use it as a punk rock kind of machine, but that's just because that's more my style. I think the best, certainly the the best of the instruments that we've talked about. You might argue that it's the Saint Vincent, but I just I can't get past the look of the Saint Vincent, so I'll go with with the Nita Strauss signature Ibanez. Yeah, I, I'm. I am going to argue that that fight, and I'm going to argue that fight with the exactly the same words that. I could like if I had to buy one of them, it would be a different question. But I think the best out of them is the the Saint Vincent because it's the the milestones that it has done. Like number one, it's it's like a a signature for a like a quite established or not not massively mainstream, but an established female artist. Say so that's a brilliant. Uh, brilliant things like straight up the second kind of milestone that it's 
it's smashed through, which a lot of signature guitars don't, is it's not just a lick of paint on an existing body shape uh, and a, a, maybe like a quirky pickup selection or whatever. This is a, a completely new instrument. Uh, it's like a, a completely new shape. And the fact that it's become so popular that they've done, uh, they've done like two different colour revisions uh, of the first one of the Music Man's. Music Men? Music Man's? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not get into the semantics of it, like, of, yeah. of the Music Man version. And then they went on to do the Sterling one as well. Um, is absolutely just it's wicked. It's um like any any hate I have for the actual shape itself and the ergonomics and of it and the the just the general look gets completely quashed by the fact that it is um it's it's a massive icon for uh for what is yeah. a, a massive cock driven world um. Like my like rock guitar is massively male dominated, and the fact that uh, the the Saint Vincent is pushing through that and just going, yeah, the, there's a place for women here too. I'm just like, yeah, right on. Yeah, fair. Uh, so I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Uh, just looked at the time. We're about an hour, but fuck it. More new discussion. More new discussion. Shout, shout along with it in your car at the moment. More new discussion. More new discussion. <laughs> You're <laughs> mental. Let's <laughs> see, <laughs> like instant judgment from the people who are making that happen. Right. The reason we need to mention this is because it is it's time sensitive, and by now the information will be <laughs> completely irrelevant. Which, which makes it perfect for this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely fucking tivoli. Um Strymon. Uh at the moment they are teasing um the new pedal. Um they have literally like two hours before it was in fact it was like twenty minutes, sorry, before we hit the record button. They released the actual name of it, which is the Night Sky. Yeah, well I I mean I assume it's the the name of it like they, they basically the facebook post was night sky details tomorrow 8 p.m pt there you uh, go. with a with a picture of two controls and you can see that one of them is changing between sparse and dense and it's a texture control so what we're thinking is night sky means uh faithful recreation of the shinai um univibe and we're thinking like sparse and dense syrupiness and no we of course we fucking don't it's <laughs> it's blatantly like a new blue sky um i mean i think it's a big sky looking at the size of it i think it's the new big sky rather than new blue sky because the blue sky is the small one isn't it yes okay so the blue blue sky is the small reverb and the big sky is the one that's the same time as a size as a timeline uh okay um my my knowledge of uh, storm pedals is very very clouded. Um, yeah, I mean, like we don't have any details on this at all, apart from the control that I just mentioned, and then the left hand button is uh, written above it has sequence step, and underneath it says hold brackets morph. 
Yeah, it, so so it's going to be a new reverb pedal with extra features by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's safe to say it's going to be like ambient centric. So it's going to it's going to be verby. Yeah. I think it might be um verby with a a kind of like EDME vibe to it. So like where there's there'll be sequencers, there'll be so it's not just aiming towards like guitarists in uh, P dub bands, uh, where it's like it's looking towards like uh, like beat production and kind of el- electronic music, maybe. Quite possibly, like if if I think about all the music that's released at the moment, it's all very electronicy, isn't it? And so that that would make sense. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, like I I'd like it to be an update to either the big sky or or even if it's just a like a bigger blue sky but with extra features, like I'd like something like that, but I can't see them doing that without also releasing a new timeline and a new Mobius all at the same time and just calling it the version two. Yeah, yeah. Whether they'll do that at all I don't know, or whether they'll just keep updating the firmware and saying the the, the hardware itself is is good enough. And we we're just gonna like have extra patches and stuff. I don't know, but yeah, I think you're probably right in that. There's go- there's going to be some sort of like sequences in there. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I like the idea of that personally. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> this podcast seems to be themed around. It's not necessarily the market that I'm part of, but. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, it's the same side. Oh, from from all the photos we've seen, and we've seen the photo of the back of it, and we've seen a photo of it in the dark but plugged in, so you can see the lights on it. And there's loads of like lights, obviously, like there are on the timeline in the big sky for the different things selected around the rotary controls and stuff. But it is that size of the Mobius, the, the big sky, the timeline. I just. If it is something that's like there, it's going to be like four hundred and fifty, five hundred quid. No, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pricey. I mean, large. That's largely the reason why I avoid Strymon and stuff like the Plague, is that I am very much the budget pedal chap, and even if you get like an absolutely banging second hand bargain. There's, there's no way that you can class any of those Strymon pedals as budget. Yeah, I mean, even even the small ones you struggle to get for less than like 180, 190 quid secondhand. Yeah. The big ones like that are like 300 secondhand because they're like 450, 500 new. Yeah, like, and they retain their value as well, like yeah. absolute bastards. Yeah, and that's uh, like, I mean, that's probably tantamount to the sounds in them and the fact that like they're they're held in a very high regard. Yeah, I mean they they are they are seen as like studio quality um uh, algorithms and and whatnot. Yeah, and like I've I've played a fair few in fact before they released the dig, I think I'd played all of them and then everything that's come out since the dig I haven't played. Yeah. But like they do sound incredibly good. But I always kind of 
feel like you can get most of the way there without spending two to five hundred quid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always had like um, a Marshall reflector pedal that had like multiple settings of reverb on it. I thought, how much better? How much better are we talking? Is this? <laughs> Uh, is is the sorry the like the the Strymon equivalent of this than this pedal? Bear in mind, I paid like twenty quid for <laughs> this Marshall reflector pedal. Um, is it essentially like five hundred percent better? Uh, yeah, maybe not. But like, I people are always going to buy expensive gear because they want the best quality that they can get and they perceive that to be the best quality and whether it is or not like not really for me to s- discuss or like it's it's for those people to make that decision themselves, well, isn't it? funny you should say that man because <laughs> our new discussion says yeah <laughs> yeah a- like, ask, ask matt exactly I, what I, he thinks i i yeah like i say i don't own any of them i've I've toyed with the idea of buying a flint about 25 times. Yeah. And I've never actually pulled the trigger. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's like three different time time periods whilst on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy a flint and I've never bought the flint. And and that is the testament, isn't it? That That's the pudding of which the proof is in. Yeah, like I, I, I personally can get most of the way there with the equipment I've got already or with cheaper stuff and and I've ended up deciding that I'm happy with that. So make yeah. of that what you will. Um, I'm also somebody who doesn't like spending lots of time fiddling with three and a half thousand knobs. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> Oh yes. Which for the for the small ones isn't really the case because most of them have got like five or six different knobs on them and they like yeah, they've got Very like expl- alternative settings. And like, yeah, and but, things like the flint and the 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 other ones and the, the delay version. Like uh, uh, usually, like the the flint, I think, is the tremolo. Sorry, yeah, tremolo and reverb, and it's got like six controls on it, and there's like three for each. Like things like that, I totally understand having like six controls on one of those. But like the the Mobius and the Big Sky and the Timeline, there's like eighteen different like rotary controls for tweaking individual things and then there's like banks and stuff and you can flick up through your patches and I'm just like yeah excellent wonderful Um, am I going to be asked with that when I'm using it live no do I want to spend 500 quid on something that I'm going to use in my bedroom no yeah maybe no Uh, maybe Uh, yeah I should no Um, yeah yeah, I think for me, um, the fact that it you you've got like they are essentially one effect, like it's multiple iterations of one effect. Yep. With the with the exclusion of the Mobius, which is more of like a multi-effect modulation thing, um, but they are one effect. Like you you buy a a, a Volante and it's a delay. It oh, might be the. Is- is the Volante the literally only analog delay one? I'm pretty uh, sure it's only analog delays in the Volante, isn't it? Well, do you mean an actual log signal path? That's no, no, but it it emulates 
only oh, analog it, it, delay styles. Oh, you're asking the wrong man. Um, I'm pretty sure, because wasn't that the one that was like, you can get the Binson Echo Wreck and you can get this £5 million ancient thing that only exists in this particular studio that's in the middle of nowhere in But Fuck America. But Fuck America. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that one was like digital recreations of like famous analog delay sounds that you can't physically get on the market anymore. Yeah, that are very difficult to attain. And yeah. even if you can attain them, you ain't gigging them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think you you are correct with that. But at the end of the day, it's a delay pedal. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like. Is it going to sound much better than my Lime 6 M5? Probably. Is it going to be easy to dial in? Probably not. Yeah, and and it will sound better than the M5. There is no doubts about that. But will it sound perceptively better to the audience that I'm playing to? Will it, bollocks? <laughs> ah, but then why aren't I just buying all of the budget Harley Benton pedals and fucking off all my like I've spent 300 quid on an analog an analog man chorus looks like well it, there's a bell curve isn't there and at the bottom of the bell curve you've got the really cheap uh like the moons and the harley bentons and the and the the stuff that's churned out of china which doesn't quite sound good enough to fool you yeah and then at the other end of the bell curve you've got the Strymon stuff that sounds so, so good that it is fooling you. Uh, and in the middle, there's like that sweet spot where it's good, like it feels good enough that you're satisfied with the tone. Yeah. Uh, and the the audience are, are cool with that as, as well. Uh, <laughs> so like it's that, that laws of like diminishing returns after you reach the peak of the bell curve. Yeah, I think that's. It. I think it's all to do with like, is it good enough for you? And like, a lot of people want the ultimate kind of sound, and that's fair enough. Like, for the most part, I'm happy with like mid-range stuff that gets me ninety-nine percent of the way there. Core. The only reason I went for the Analog Man chorus is because I hate chorus. But the Analog Man <laughs> makes does you it not properly. hate it. It does it properly. It does what you does what chorus is supposed to do, and it doesn't sound like the eighties. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, you don't turn it on, and or like there are settings in there that do make it sound like the eighties, but you can ignore those settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's standard. Yeah, I mean, I, I shudder to to mention, but the um, the Joyo analog chorus could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, I got that for like fifteen quid. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think they're they're both based on the CE2, aren't they? Um, but obviously the Analog Man one is going to have a lot more thought and detail put into it. Uh, whereas the uh, the Joyo Analog Chorus is very much a, well, that'll do, uh, kind of approach. Um, yeah, I, I sold that and I don't know why I did. Because it was a great chorus. Man, I want, a, I want an Analog Chorus back now. Send 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 me one. Someone. <laughs> You've got one kicking about, just send me one. Um Yeah, so we, I mean we've kind of justified our stance on um on Strymon a bit there as it's, well, haven't we? 
Yeah, and the and the new night sky that probably actually aren't that massively fussed about. Yeah, so, bit of a bit of a Debbie Downer that is, and it to end the podcast. But hey ho, that's where we are. Because I think we're we're about an hour and twenty, and this is not going to be a monster cast today. So, yeah. uh, Patreon guys, thank you so much. You keep the lights on, and you are in no particular order because my memory's not that good. We have got Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got uh, Andrew Bimson. We've got Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects. We've got. Joseph Richardson of Abstraction Band who have just dropped a teaser on their new single, which is out on the 23rd, I think. Go check it out. It it happens on a loop, and I must have listened to it about five times before I released. Oops. <laughs> um, who else have we got? We've got two more. Three more. We've got Huge Erection. <laughs> uh, we've got... <laughs> every time, Matt. Every time. Um, we've got not giggle at that joke exactly hats off the huge direction Um, we've got Mr. Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups Ben Fletcher and we've got Brian Gower of the Tone Jokes podcast who I have been cannonballing through those episodes because I now commute a bit more Um, so yeah Tone Jokes check them out so good so good yeah um yeah, uh, so you guys are amazing. And if you want to be part of that cool, cool crew of kids, $2 a month. Um, and it is patreon.com slash retalk. Um, if you want to catch me online, you go instagram.com slash budget pedal chap. You go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap. You go youtube.com slash budget pedal chap. And it is the home of the No Talk or Tone series. And almost, maybe, by the time this comes out, who knows, the home of the Pickpocket series too. Yeah, but I thought of the name first. <laughs> it's a fantastic name. I love it. Um, Matt, you are here underscore Matt Q at Twitch, Twitter, and Twinstagram. That's correct. Um, and that's a pretty much podcast for this week. So... From myself. This is me getting absolutely nailing the outro here, Matt. This is me nailing it. It is. This is breaking Almost the fourth like wall. You've derailed it by saying that you <laughs> yeah. nailed it. Yeah, by fellating my own <laughs> ego. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woo, we got through it. Uh, it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Turn on a big boys. Bye. And girls. What are you doing? I don't know why. I, I do not know why. So this this one this one is dedicated to Andrew Bimson who this this might be chuckle
I had a plowman's lunch today. Then he hit me. <laughs> Love it. 